Bulletproof Radio, a state of high performance. You're listening to Bulletproof Radio with Dave Asprey. Everyone's talking about red light therapy beds and for good reason. There's a company called ARRC LED that's building an entirely new class of LED devices. ARRC LED beds integrate proprietary scanning technology and frequency protocols to shape the delivery of six different wavelengths in dose-optimized photobiomodulation. Yes, that's a lot of words. What it is, though, is that photobiomodulation improves the underlying energetics of the cells in your body. And those changes can benefit nearly every tissue and organ and system in your body. You change your cells and you change your life. For more information, visit ARRCLED.com. What if there was a way to feel younger for longer? Well, there is. Your body needs something called the NAD plus molecule to help you age well. When you're young, your body makes a lot of NAD plus, and that helps you make energy. It helps you keep your DNA healthy, absorb nutrients well, and it protects your cells from stress. But once you hit about 30, your NAD plus levels start to drop. The good news is that longevity scientists have found some things that can help, like niacin, niacinamide, and niagen. They help your body make more NAD plus even as you age. All three of these are in an amazing formula called Qualia NAD+. Check out Qualia NAD+, risk-free, for up to 100 days at neurohacker.com slash Dave15 to save an extra 15%. That's neurohacker.com slash Dave15, Qualia NAD+. It's what I use. Today's cool fact of the day is that prescription sleep aids can sometimes cause sleep driving, which is when you might get in your car and drive without really being awake. Once in my life, I actually watched this happen to a friend of mine without any knowledge that she was asleep. She spoke, walked, talked, got into a car to start driving all while completely asleep. It was creepy. What if there was a way to level up your energy, get rid of stress, and take more control of your body? Welcome to Quantum Upgrade. This is a new technology that taps into quantum energy to help you feel amazing. Quantum Upgrade has a lot of different products that help protect you from EMF and help activate your body's natural healing abilities. You can expect better sleep, more resilience, less stress, and better blood flow. The cool thing about Quantum Upgrade is that the products are backed by a lot of heavy-duty scientific studies, and there's a new measurable upgrade. You can now use Quantum Upgrade to increase your consciousness levels between 1,400 and 2,200 on the Hawkins map of consciousness. If you don't know what that means, do some research because it's impressive, it's fun to learn about, and it's something that I've come to understand. Ready to try Quantum Upgrade? Visit quantumupgrade.io slash Dave for a seven-day free trial. Today's interview is with Commander Mark Devine. He's a guy from upstate New York who got his MBA from NYU Stern School of Business and even earned a CPA, which is perhaps the most boring degree you can possibly get in business. But then he left that and went to pursue his inner vision to become a Navy SEAL officer, which is, I think, the polar opposite of being a CPA. We can ask him about that later. He was 26 when he graduated as Honor Man, which means the number one ranked trainee of his SEAL Buds class. 
he was fortunate to serve with a lot of great men and women on active duty for nine years and in the SEAL reserves for 11 years, and he retired in 2011 with the rank of commander. In short, he's a total badass and more than interesting to have on the Bull Crew show, but it gets better. After Mark left active duty in 97, he started his third career as an entrepreneur. He launched the highly successful Southern California Brewery Restaurant and launched NavySeals.com, which is the leading website for gear and info about the SEALs. He went on from there in 2006 to launch U.S. Tactical, which has contracts with the Naval Special Warfare Group 1 for training support and nationwide mentoring for SEALs, SWCC, and diver candidates. His programs increased the quality of Navy SEAL candidates and reduced the attrition rate at BUDS by up to 5%. In the middle of all this, while pursuing his PhD in leadership at UC San Diego and serving as a professor there, Mark got recalled to active duty for Operation Iraqi Freedom, which took him to Baghdad with SEAL Team 1 to conduct a special project studying the future role of the U.S. Marine Corps in the Special Operations Command. When he came home, he left UCSD to focus on developing SEAL fit and developing the unbeatable mind training philosophy. So did I mention this guy's totally bulletproof? Mark, welcome to the show, man. Thank you very much, Dave. It's an honor to be here. I'm really excited about the show. There's so many questions I want to ask you, but the first one here, tell us about SEAL fit. Like, what's it all about? It's SEAL fit is really, um, it's my passion. Uh, it came out of the work I did when um, I started the nationwide mentoring program for SEAL candidates uh, that you referenced in your introduction, your very nice uh, and lengthy introduction of me. And, um, you know, when I started that program, what I noticed is that a lot of the work um, that I was doing with these special operations candidates, you know, it started out as a physical training program, but the physical part was really the least important. And uh, I had known from my own SEAL career that um, the guys who make it through SEAL training, you know, all come in as physical studs, but, you know, over 80% of them quit. And so there's something else going on, as you are, are well aware, and so are your listeners. And it is really the mental aspects of the training that really define the reality on a day-to-day -day basis of whether you're going to succeed and fail. And so with SEAL Fit, I essentially um, started to kind of parse through the lessons and concepts of what worked and what didn't, you know, through my own trial and error with these special operations candidates. And then I launched a program here in Encinitas, uh, California, where I reside and I have our um, uh, headquarters, a training facility. I launched um, the SEAL FIT program to really explore this idea of training a, uh, at a holistic or mind-body or what I call an integral level, you know, inside out. And the, um, the results have been pretty extraordinary. That sounds like a pretty amazing program at Seal Fit. What's the number one thing that you've learned from doing this? Well, you know, if, if you step back from it, Dave, um, you know, not, not unlike your work, what I've learned is that the human being number one is capable of so much more than we're led to believe in our culture in our kind of limited concept of what the mind is and what you know human potential is and so let's just start there as our first premise that we are capable of so much more and then the question is how do, how do we unlock that potential um can we unlock it through physical training well yes 
I think that there's a that certainly one of the keys is by moving our body and, and martial artists and somatic practices through you know the millennium have known that you know the mind body connection you can get to the mind and spirit through the body and conversely you know if you work mentally or spiritually in certain spiritual practices ultimately you'll get um, to a place where you want to take care of your body a little bit better and so that circular connection is really important and so um, and then <clears throat> the other thing is what can I learn from the warrior traditions and and also the spiritual aspects of those ancient warrior traditions that maybe aren't necessarily related to the Western culture but are very much part of my past so uh, I have a background studying um, you know traditional martial arts where we I practice Zen meditation for, for long periods of time for several years this is actually prior to me joining the seals and then I have a background studying ninjutsu for about five years much of the training was very spiritual in nature, very interesting, um, developing awareness and, and um, you know, trying to expand our aura and really, you know, things that most people would think are a little bit out there. And then uh, the yoga tradition, which is a, a very, you know, ancient uh, warrior tradition, even though not uh, many people would look at it that way. But to the yoga tradition, I have uh, studied breath control and concentration and meditation and visualization practices. And so when I looked at all those things that I've been exposed to from warrior traditions and I overlaid them with my experiences in the seals, I found patterns and yeah. those patterns I was able to kind of um, pattern recognize and simplify and then like sift out like some key practices that I teach in seal fit. Um, and they've been extremely effective at literally training someone from the inside out, you know, using the mind emotional control, intuition, and awareness development to um, enhance human performance. God, I, it sounds almost like you could have just been a spokesperson for the sorts of bulletproof stuff that, that I talk about. The yeah. fact that you're willing to stand up there and, and talk about you know the spiritual side and you know emotions in the body and all, I, my path, not being a military path, but definitely, you know, being an entrepreneur and being highly competitive has taught me exactly the same things, even though the goals were were pretty different. Right. Now, a couple of my most recent, really interesting books that I've been reading are called On Combat and On Killing, which is a study, or I'd say which are both studies by the same author of the kind of biohacking angle on what happens inside your body when you go into a fight or when you are in a situation where you may be killing someone uh, in self-defense or you know for a, a good a good cause those are terrific resources and, and I was at a um, presentation when Lieutenant Colonel Grossman uh, came through and presented his initial book which was on killing to the SEAL community and um, you know he had a big impact because he was able to to through research and you know through through language, um, explain what people had experienced, you know, themselves. And kind of one of his big insights was that, you know, you can, you can habituate, um, the process of, um, you know, essentially killing another human being to where the, the emotional impact and, and, you know, some of the issues that might come with, um, what we would, um, call PTSD, like frying your nervous system can be mitigated. And I think the SEALs kind of take that to the nth degree because of the realism of their training. Um, once you get through that intensity and the realism of the SEALs training, you know, combat just seems like another day. 
And so you have a lot fewer guys experiencing, you know, the frying of their nervous system that, you know, some of the normal army or, or others, uh, army guys or others might experience who don't have that training. The, the perspective that uh, Grossman takes there is that your body will do some things that are faster or just un, uh, something that you won't track with your conscious mind because it happens too fast and because you're moving into the more mammalian or even reptilian parts of your consciousness. Is that your experience? And do you deal with that on a seal fit training kind of basis? Yeah, very much so. Um, I believe and what I teach is that our rational mind, you know, our thinking mind, you know, r roughly accounts for 10 to 12% of our total thinking capacity. <laughs> right. And so we've got to essentially uh, unlock the door to the other 88%. And we do that with certain practices and, and certain ways of training. And so I've already alluded to a couple. When you train very realistically, it becomes an immersion experience. Whenever you have an immersion experience, you accelerate learning because you're learning at all levels, right? You're learning, you know, mentally, cognitively, but also emotionally, um, intuitionally. And, you know, you might even say you're getting your spirit into the game. Um, and so you're, you're just literally imprinting and soaking up all this information. And then when the act comes, the firefight or the, you know, the act of performance comes, you know, it, it's going to flow out of you in a way that's non-conscious, non-linear, and, you know, both performance and actions and answers are going to come from places that you don't expect. And so um, I, I have a very, you know, that's why I have this very integral approach to training. You know, I'll, I'll have a lecture, but I'd expect people not to remember the lecture. It's really just to kind of expose them to information. <laughs> and then I'll immediately go out and I'll put people under pressure where the concepts that we alluded to in the lecture are now experienced um, very viscerally and with, a, with an element of pain associated with them. And uh, it takes the learning, you know, to a whole new level and, um, you know, imprints at a subconscious level as well. So. I think that that's what Grossman's alluding to is, is that, um, you know, our, our ability to process information, you know, far exceeds what our critical thinking mind allows us to, um, to really perceive. It, it's almost like the, the idea or the task of getting the conscious mind out of the way so you can reach your, your full potential is part of the equation. Uh, are there... Yeah. Often the most difficult part. Oh, it, it, for me it has been, for sure. Uh, technologies help me a lot. That's why I write about biohacking. Do you right. use any specific technologies other than you could call yoga technology or some of the other martial arts, certainly are, are older technologies. Do you use anything with flashing lights or sounds or anything like that in order to help you walk that line? We do not use you know, what you would consider hard technologies. Uh, at this stage, and primarily because, um, for several reasons, one is they they take a lot of time yep. to kind of implement, and they're best done kind of in a one-on-one uh, -on -one basis. You know what I mean? Um, yes. If you were going to sit in a room and train your attention, you know, so you have greater attention control than a than a technology or a tool, you know, um, would be very helpful for that. However, um, you know, the SEALs don't have time for that, and, and I don't have time for that, and so we use really human technologies. So, you know, a good attention control uh, tool that we use is the Kim game, the Keeping Memory game. It has the added benefit of enhancing your memory, but it's really about expanding your situational awareness and your ability to concentrate, your ability to take in more information and store that information. 
And so, you know, we'll use those types of tools in seal fit training. So the keep in memory game. Now, when it comes to getting your rational thinking mind out of the way, I teach a, um, you know, what you would call a technology for how to use our eyes, right? And so, you know, you can use your eyes in a normal uh, focused manner, or you can learn through practice um, to relax your gaze and to take a, you know, more of a wide angle approach to viewing where you're allowing more information in and you're still engaged in the act of performing, but your, um, um, your mind is more relaxed. Your rational mind is starting to settle down. You literally are dipping into a an alpha state from a beta state. And when you combine this with deep breathing exercises, uh, you click into your flow or your performance zone almost automatically. And so we teach things like that and we practice those types of things. Wow. I, I love hearing that from you. I, I spent quite a lot of time in vision training, learning how to use my peripheral vision and, and thought I was all right until I did this urban escape and evasion course in L.A. where they teach you how to escape in, in a town and then real you know, military operators and bounty hunters chase you for a day. And I, I realized, <laughs> I, you, know, I, <laughs> you know, I just about shit myself <laughs> during that, that kind of thing. And I realized like how much training it must take. And I'm fascinated to hear that your training vision, I didn't even know that. Yeah, I mean, it's not something that was taught necessarily actively in the SEALs. I learned this more through uh, my ninjutsu and some other training I've had, um, which is more of a Native, Native American flair. And, um, but it's extremely effective. And, and again, what, what I said earlier is like a lot of these things, you know, I use SEAL Fit as a brand, but the, the SEALs are getting a little bit smarter about teaching this stuff now. But when I went through, you know, when it came to mental toughness, either you had grit or you didn't. And that's kind of how they define who makes it through training and who doesn't. But if you look at the culture and the systems of the organization, they are very much supportive of what I'm talking about, even though they didn't necessarily know they were training it or supporting it. For instance, um, if you take the skills it requires for a sniper spotter team to do their job, right? The sniper is using really focused gaze, right? He's keeping his eyes on the target. The spotter is you know, much more relaxed. He's taking information in. He's kind of absorbing environmental cues. And, um, and then the two of them will shift, you know, between focus, focused, intense gaze and this relaxed gaze. And, um, and the, the second point there is they're sitting for long, long hours in just complete, utter silence. You know, and, and most people in the business world just don't have any relationship to that. And they don't think of SEALs, you know, as these really kind of silent warriors, but, you know, you know, cause the, the TV shows just this massive action, you know, <laughs> jumping on the plane and bombs going off in this firefight. But we used to say that you could have literally, you know, 48 hours of boredom, you know, broken by about 20 minutes of sheer terror. And that was the classic, you know, seal mission. And that 48 hours is, is in pure silence, right? There's no talking. And so you develop this deep level of intuition and kind of, sense of interconnectedness and I recall times where you know we were patrolling along at night and using our peripheral vision our minds are you know in an alpha or a theta state and just I just would know what my team was thinking right there was no yeah. question we're going to turn left or there's danger ahead I mean there was no words need to be spoken it just was a, a sense of knowingness and I think that's pretty common in special ops community so I have another question for you that that I don't think to you will make me sound crazy, but it will to some of my, especially more science, uh, Western only minded listeners. One of my good friends uh, did a lot of work with uh, long range patrols in, in Central America. 
And he told me one day, just in conversation, he said, Dave, I can feel when someone's lit me up in their sights. He said, I feel a flushing in my body and I know damn well, and it was part of my training. And to this day, I can tell you if I'm in danger because I have this this sixth sense. Uh-huh. So is yeah, my, did my friend smoke too much pot? <laughs> or is he telling the truth? Not at all. He's telling the truth. First exactly. of all, if, so, if, if someone is, is staring at you, then you're going to feel the energy. I think modern, uh, not modern, but more recent research has shown that the energy that you project out of your eyes literally goes for hundreds of meters and, and probably longer. I, yeah. I'd love to kind of reference that research with more fidelity. But, um, you know, it's like stalking a deer. You know, if you stalk a deer, the, the Apache scouts would use wide-angle vision, which is the vision we are talking about, a really soft kind of letting energy flow into your body as opposed to that focused uh, gaze, you know, what you know, where they're like staring directly at the deer. And as soon as they look at the deer, the deer would feel it and, and it would start, you know, it would basically take off on a run. And so um, I think that sixth sense is really an intelligence that we all have. And, um, you know, to me, it's incumbent upon us to develop it and rather than just look at it as kind of a random thing or some sort of far out thing. In fact, I think that you and I and, and others like us are kind of at the forefront of really saying, hey, this is something that we can't take for granted anymore. It's really important for the corporate room, boardroom, as, as much as it is for the battlefield. It, and uh, we need to train it. It's kind of cool. The The HeartMath Institute, it, it's a, a company, I'm an advisor to them, and I, I carry their heart rate variability training devices. But in, in a conversation with the head of research there, Roland McCready, uh, he said that, look, we can now measure using, you know, billionth of a degree changes in body temperature. We can measure the physiological impact of someone staring at you. So your right. body knows, even though your conscious mind is totally clueless. And all we have to do is just penetrate that that veil that sits between all of this sort of animal knowing in the body and the conscious brain. And when I find when I get those matched up, which certainly isn't every day, but like magic things kind of happen. Just it's some things get easier and your awareness expands. But you spent way more time training that than I have. And here's here's a question about the training side of things. There's such a thing as stress inoculation where you teach the nervous system that no, you're not going to die if you go 48 hours without eating while carrying a heavy load and doing this crazy stuff. But we also know that there's overtraining, which is a problem in most of my executive coaching clients. Like these guys are working out six days a week and they sleep five hours a night and they have stressful jobs, especially with you know, Navy SEAL level training. How do you draw the line between stress inoculation and teaching a nervous system what it can handle versus beating down someone's adrenals and basically taking them out of active duty? Wow, you know, this, this is a, um, there's a lot to, to say about this. Um, first off, you can um, you can expand incrementally a human being's ability to handle stress, right? And we've shown that through training such as, you know, the SEALs. And I think that more modern research and, and where we're going is that we can expand that even further by adding uh, a soft side uh, to that training, right? And so what I mean by that is we, we go out, here, let's use SEAL for an example. We go out and we, we literally crush our trainees you know, with, um, you know, back-to-back -back physical training sessions. So we might have them do, you know, a six or eight mile hardcore run, um, come back, rehydrate, and then go into a CrossFit workout, right? Which, as you know, the intensity level, that can be amped up. 
And then um, we'll throttle back and we'll go into what I call my mind gym here at our training center and we'll do some meditation and breath control practice or Qigong. I and love it. <laughs> the, ju the juxtaposition of the yin and the yang of this training uh, affects recovery really rapidly. And so this is how I train myself. I mean, every day I train for roughly three to four hours and about half of that is hard physical training and the other half is either yoga, qigong, or tai chi, and, and including visualization and breathing you know, practice at uh, kind of bookending those uh, in, inner awareness practices. And um, if you look at some of the research done in the uh, military settings where they've done this, it's been very, very effective. Um, to wit would be the um, Trojan Horse Project where they taught Aikido to a bunch of Special Forces guys up in Washington, up in your neck of the woods actually. And uh, over a six-month period, they were able to benchmark um, these guys, and they had a you know a much greater sense of kind of awareness, and the recovery times were improved, and you know all sorts of positive benefits accrued from that. And so um, you know to kind of bring it back to your question, overtraining is a is a serious issue, um, but only if all you're doing is physical training, right? The hard stuff. Yeah. And so I think that when, you know, we teach a concept called durability and durability is kind of that bucket for all the things that you know you should be doing, but you never really do. So like, like we teach people how to um, avoid injury. We teach people how to train through injury to understand the difference between integrating pain and disintegrating pain. We teach people how to um, structure their lives so they get optimal sleep and you know how to refuel properly you know at the beginning of the day at the end of the day as well as after you know immediately after a training session and um, we also teach them how to balance their training so you know by listening to the body first of all through a sensible training plan and then also by listening to their body to ensure that they're getting adequate rest because you know we know that we don't re we don't build unless we're resting. We break down when we train, and we build when we rest. So rest is an equally important part of the training process as the work is. So that I, I want everyone who's listening to this, who follows the Bulletproof Executive, to really pay attention to that point. Roughly half your training time is spent on recovery as well as the hard stuff, right? Exactly. Easily half. I mean, just say as a as a as a you know as a guy. 50% hard, 50% soft, or total rest. That is one of the most important pieces of advice I think that, that's ever come through. Because in the business world, and you know, with all these young entrepreneurs that I work with, these guys are on as much as they can. And I'm guilty of that too. I, I intentionally get less than five hours of sleep a night. Sometimes I've done that for two years in a row. Um, okay. But that means I balance my physical training load by bringing it down because there's no way to work out two hours a day and then get five hours of sleep unless you're doing some kind of magic other recovery practice. This is true. And one thing though, I, I would like to add to this because I think this would be really valuable for your listeners. Uh, one thing that I've discovered is that um, we can learn to rest and recover in an instant. Let me put this in the context of a uh, kind of, a, um, you know, Western science, you know, we know that the, with fight or flight that, you know, when you when you experience stress, whether it's chronic or acute, that it triggers your sympathetic nervous system and, you know, the hormones, um, adrenaline and epinephrine and all those things go coursing through your system and, you know, it constricts your blood and, you know, you start sweating and 
narrows your focus and your heart rate starts racing and you know this stress response we're very familiar with all in preparation really to you know flee or or to fight to save your life well the converse or the you know kind of the antidote is the parasympathetic nervous system which is activated through deep breathing and so I've, I've seen a lot of research on you know on fight or flight and you know this this whole discussion of the two different nervous systems how they interact but I've never really seen any research on how breathing can um, intervene to counteract the stress response and rebalance it and so we've done a lot of training on breathing and what we found is that in, even in the middle of a, of a tense workout if you have the proper attention and intention, right? Starting with intention, but then attention on yeah. your thing, um, you can you can control the arousal response dramatically and lead to recovery very quickly. You know, in between sets or immediately after the workout. So, a great example of this, like an across there's a CrossFit workout called Fran, which is yeah, uh, they're all named for women. I don't know if you've ever done that doozy, but it, you know, it's it's just it jacks it. The intensity level is so high that most people, when they do this workout, you know, assuming they're competent at it, literally are laying in a sweat angel on their back for a good 10 minutes after the workout, you know, as if they were dead. And um, when we do the workout here at SealFit Training Center, we do it as a warm-up, and we don't allow anyone to sit down and play dead. We, we immediately go out for an 800-meter or a mile run, <laughs> put the bar down, and you drop off the pull-up bar. And the key for transitioning between, you know, high intensity thrusters and pull-ups and an 800 meter run is to change your breathing pattern. And so when we change the breathing pattern and start the stride of the run, which also changes the energy pathway we're using from oxidative or from, um, you know, glycolytic or whatever uh, we're using in that high intensity mode to oxidative, um, we, we almost instantaneously recover from the Fran style workout as we um, relax into the new, uh, the new work, right? And it has incredibly positive benefits also on our confidence and our ability to kind of be prepared for the next thing, so to speak. We're not laying on the floor, you know, feeling defeated. The next time I'm in your neck of the woods, I, I want to bring one of my little heart rate variability monitors down and uh, if you're up for it, just have you do the intention and attention thing you do to shift your your uh, focus. I'm pretty uh -huh. sure that we're going to see your heart rate variability go through the roof. Uh, that's definitely a. It sounds so familiar to one of the techniques that I use uh, to recover more quickly, uh, which is, God, I mean, it's so similar to what you're saying. I just learned how to do it with a flashing light instead of the type of practice that you learned to do it with. Uh, sure. I want to compare the two. How exciting! That would be really neat. Yeah, and, and I'd like to put you through that workout I just described. I think you would kick my ass. I'm I'm a total a total wuss compared to the stuff you guys do, <laughs> but I'll try it. All right, let's talk about this other thing that uh, the Navy SEALs are famous for, and something that I'm well known for, which is sleep restriction. How do you train to get better sleep in less amount of time? Uh, you know, sleep is. Um, an area that I think needs a lot of a lot of research. The um, certain certain things that we do to try to um, that help with sleep. Uh, one is a lot of our hard work is earlier in the day, 
And, um, you know, we're not doing hardcore workouts after five or six at night. You know, some guys do, you know, if they just don't have the time to get it in. But your cortisol levels, you know, need to be back to kind of a normal range before you go to bed. So that's one thing. You know, any time that, you know, I've had problems sleep, I can usually trace it to elevated cortisol levels and, you know, my, my heart rate, you know, just kind of being a little bit elevated from that. Um, second, you know, is, is nutrition. Nutrition affects sleep dramatically. And um, to um, certainly to eliminate sugar from your diet and to lim- certainly if, you know, if you're not eliminating all sugar, then to eliminate it in the evening. Because that's another thing that will kind of elevate your heart rate and to um, will disrupt your sleep patterns. Hydration, a huge, huge impact on sleep if you're not properly hydrated. Um, you know, you will have issues, you know, with the quality of your sleep. Um, overall stress, right? If, if there's something just weighing on your mind, you know, using tools such as, you know, meditation or concentration exercises, uh, journaling and those types of things to get it out of your head so that you have a kind of a clear head when you go to sleep really helps um, our, our guys with sleep as well. You know, so those are just a few of the things. Um, if if someone has a chronic sleep problem, then you know it's something that would, needs to be looked at a little bit deeper. The SEALs have researched this in, in depth, and um, you know I think that they they address it through nutrition and through balancing the training. You know, as I've discussed, um, maybe perhaps supplementation when they're in the field and you know they're not able to to get the proper range of nutrients you know, through their food sources, those types of things. What about Provigil or Modafinil? Uh, you know, I'm not familiar with those, either of those, but I'd love to try them myself, whatever. <laughs> Got it. Uh, those are the, the nope. stay awake for 40 hour kind of drugs that are nope. not stimulating like, like meth would be. Yeah, I don't, um, you know what, what the SEALs eat, like with Hell Week, you know, you're well familiar with Hell Week. And uh, Hell Week is just one example of, of times during a SEAL's career and also other military members, not just SEALs who share this, who, um, you know, when you're going to have to literally stay awake for days on end. And um, really, the, 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 obviously, caffeine helps, but, you know, too much caffeine can have a deleterious effect. Um, activity is really the, your best friend when it comes to these times. And so, you know, just staying busy, keeping your mind alert, you know, having a plan and working toward the plan and, you know, literally just having um, a team, you know, who can always be active. And we have this training program called Kokoro Camp at SealFit, which is 50 hours long and it's kind of loosely modeled after SealFit. And our objective is to kind of teach mental toughness and, you know, a sense of, you know, almost an elevated sense of, of um, awareness through teamwork. And, you know, you go for 50 hours nonstop training with no sleep, you know, similar to the first essentially two days of Hell Week. And the constant activity is really the, um, you know, what drives people to stay awake. As soon as they slow down or you give them a break, you know, then they're, they start conking out. That is awesome. I love the idea of staying busy. One of the hardest things that I've ever found if I'm trying to restrict sleep is to try and restrict sleep and sit and meditate because you just want to drift off, yet there are some profound states you can reach from sleep deprivation. So trying to maintain the internal awareness without physical activity or even mental activity 
uh, for me has been really challenging, but sometimes neat stuff can happen that way. Uh, yeah. Is that your experience with sleep restriction as well, that altered states that may even be useful happen or not really? Yeah, I think that um, a lot can happen when you restrict sleep. I mean, um, you, you know, it, it it takes you, it takes, you know, we talked earlier about how do you shut down the cognitive mind? Well, that's one way to do it, right? And a lot of people will experience that as a kind of a fraying of reality around the edges, you know? Yeah, yeah. You know, they get giddy and kind of goofy and they just feel, they don't feel very grounded. And so when you um, actively counter or you work to counteract that sense of the of reality fraying through breathing, deep breathing exercises, another one we use, you know, repeatedly in the training camp and in Unbeatable Mind uh, because it grounds you deeply into the present moment. And, you know, it really is a, a concentration slash meditation exercise, but it's got the added benefit of, you know, kind of uh, triggering that parasympathetic nervous system, which is calming you down. And so sleep, sleep deprivation can have a stressful impact on the body because, you know, your body's craving sleep. And so deep breathing exercises um, can kind of counteract that and balance it and kind of you know, give you a sense of, of normalcy. And then as you, you know, as your brain kind of lets go of the critical thinking aspect and you're tapping more into your intuitive side, uh, you can um, kind of have peak altered state experiences, which are quite interesting. I mean, we had experiences in Hell Week where we were, um, you know, we were seeing things that were, you know, quite extraordinary that obviously were not happening, you know, and, and people in our uh, trainees in our Kokoro camp, you know, talk about hallucinations they see uh, on Saturday night. You know, we've been up for like 30 some odd hours and, you know, and they're exhausted and, and their minds just start playing tricks on them. It's pretty interesting. Uh, certainly uh, during some long times, I, I've had similar things happen. And uh, what astounds me about what I've learned to do and, and almost certainly even more so what you and, and the Navy SEALs have learned to do is to still keep going and to still get it done, which requires a level of, of training of the nervous system that just goes beyond what most people think is possible. So I, I'm really impressed. Next question though, what the heck do you eat when you're doing all this crazy stuff? Well, we eat, I like to eat, and what I propose to my tribe here is um, kind of a, you know, it's a warrior diet loosely based upon the, you know, paleo diet. I mean, if it was good for our caveman ancestors, I think it's pretty good for us because, you know, I look at, you know, disease in society today, it's really started when we started putting things in a box with a barcode on it. And so if we, you know, if we can stay close to the earth, and eat, you know, uh, a lot of vegetables. And if you're a meat eater, you know, lean meats from, you know, high quality sources and uh, get lots of fruits, um, you know, essentially fruits and vegetables, you know, fruit have a lot of sugar, but you know, there's, they're, they're still high quality food source and get your fats from nuts and, you know, things like avocados. Uh, your primary source of fuel as a warrior, you know, obviously is protein and fat. Um, and in uh, carbohydrates, obviously, you need to come from high-quality sources. So anything um, that's going to lead to you know anything that has a lot of sugar in it, or that's going to lead to um, the food breaking down and turning into sugar very quickly is to be avoided. So we avoid pastas and breads as much as possible. 
um, cereals and, and stuff like that, and obviously just plain old sugar, sugar. Talk right. about coffee. How does that play a role, or does it? Yeah, coffee is instrumental. <laughs> <laughs> coffee is good in limited quantities, you know. So let me talk about quantities. You know, we don't we don't portion control. Uh, I don't like that. I think you know, you know. Of course, my tribe are all training really hard, and when you train hard, you know, you get hungry. The key is to eat when you're hungry and not too late. And so when you train, you know, you should be eating within a half hour of a training session. You should be eating small portions throughout the day. You know, instead of, you know, the, the whole three meals a day is a, is a construct of kind of our modern society. You know, warriors didn't eat that way in the past. They ate when they were hungry and when food was available. And so um, intermittent fasting is another way that, that this kind of plays out in, you know, you could literally go for a period of time without much food and then, you know, um, it has an, a positive effect on our physiology and so eating smaller you know meals more frequently during the day um, eliminating sugar and most grain based you know products a lot of people ask me about dairy well dairy I eat dairy and so that's one's you know on the fence it's probably best to you know if you have the discipline to eliminate most dairy but you know unless you're lactose intolerant it's not bad to, to have uh, to have dairy, and for, for me, you know, after a workout, a big glass of milk with some protein um, is really a good, quick, um, convenient recovery uh, drink, you know. Um, and then and then the last thing I'll say on this, Dave, is, is I really propose that people follow what I call the 80-20 rule, and that is, you know, do this, this good way of eating, you know, a high-quality food, focusing on, you know, quality, versus quantity and uh, do that 80% of the time and then you know 20% of the time who cares cheat like a mother uh, life's too short to get all wrapped up over it as long as you're eating 80% of the time your metabolism is going to be a you know fat burning metabolism versus a sugar burning metabolism or a fat storing said another way metabolism and um, you know you're going to have uh, not only a great um, balanced energy source and a lot of fuel in the tank um, but you're also going to enjoy life right you're not going to be in this state where, where you're constantly dieting and, and miserable because you can't eat you know something that looks good so balance really is important that is uh, well said I, I could not agree more I, I'm curious if I send you a bag of upgraded coffee beans I'd love to get your feedback on those because you know, they're designed for mental performance. I've had shamans try them and say, yeah, this is a sacred adaptogenic herb that you've produced here. Uh, you up for trying a bag of, of beans that, you know, yeah. specifically for mental performance? I'm going to send them to you. I'll get your address after the show. But uh, I'm, I'm really eager to hear just because you've trained your nervous system. You, you're aware of your body. Uh, I, I want to hear if you can feel a difference or if it's all in my head. I would love to try. Terrific. Cool. I'll, yeah. I'll send those your way, and uh, who knows, maybe I'll even get you to try it with butter, but that's uh, another discussion around you know what you can do to hack your body. There's one more topic. Uh, we're coming towards the end of the show, but you've got this concept of the unbeatable mind, which I suspect has a lot in common with you know, the bulletproof state that I, I talk about as being a goal. What is the unbeatable mind, and how does Seal Fit help you get there? The unbeatable mind is essentially the framework of this philosophy that I've kind of alluded to or we've talked around in this call that I developed in my SEAL FIT 
uh, academies, which is a one week and three week immersion academy where guys come and live with me and train on site. And this is where we do the real yin and the yang training, right? And so what I, what I realized about a year and a half ago is that that training is, you know, because of the physical aspect of it is, and it's very challenging. Um, I'm only going to be able to touch, you know, a small fraction of society in that, in that training, because, you know, just not many people are going to be able to take the time or have the, or think they have the capacity to handle it. Uh Yet there's a huge swath of people that would love to be exposed to the mental training that I do with these SEAL and special ops candidates. So what I did is I spent about a year developing it and I developed what's called the Unbeatable Mind Academy, which is kind of the first product. Um, and I've got a book by that name that I'm developing. And I've got a, a, a contract with Reader's Digest to, um, to get that done by the end of March. And um, essentially, I teach the principles of uh, the inner development, you know, the integral model, the integral warrior model that I developed through an online training program called Unbeatable Mind Academy. And you can find out more about that at that unbeatablemind.com domain or at sealfit.com. And so it's really built for anybody. We've got uh, executives, we've got entire executive teams in there. We've got, um, you know, soccer moms, we've got teens, we've got spec ops candidates, you know, I've got uh, CrossFit athletes, all sorts of people. And they're having serious breakthroughs, just like I'm sure people do with your training, Dave. I mean, so a lot of these people, it's the first time they've ever um, sat down and meditated. I've got them doing a yoga program I developed called Warrior Yoga. Love it. Uh, developing into you know that intuition development training um, through practices that I call the mind gym and I've got all sorts of really cool things plus it's all held together with a um, with content uh, and, and lesson plans and it, so that's really kind of what it is it's, it's a pretty powerful uh, whole person development program I don't think there's anything really quite like it out there and it's all told through the lens of you know kind of Navy SEAL warrior archetype language so it's it's comfortable for kind of modern Western, you know, people who may not ever be exposed to things like yoga or meditation, if you know what I mean. Something stood out when you were introducing that. You said things that people can't do, and you corrected yourself, and you said pe- things that people think they can't do. Right. It sounds like you've got a very conscious use of language, both personally and I'm guessing in your training as well, so people learn to not think about their obstacles. Is that part of the whole deal? For sure, yeah. In fact, um, you know, we have a, I have a whole um, training around offense, what I call offensive mindset, <laughs> which which is you know literally literally ling- linguistics combined combined with kind of a kick-ass attitude, and the, and the point is to um, to kind of become or make make sure that you're the subject of your own story. And so we want to get people to think, okay, wh- where in my life am I being acted upon, both either by you know, hidden um, belief systems that are driving my, you know, my subconscious behavior, or am I allowing myself um, or I'm allowing society's uh, rules and society's norms to drive my behavior? So um, we want to basically kind of clear the ground with that and then plant, you know, new powerful language, new powerful belief systems and uh, drive forward as the you know, author of our own story. And uh, in order to be powerful, and especially, you know, uh, dovetailing with the warrior archetype, that, that's a very aggressive, not in an aggro, you know, ass kicker way, but a very aggressive, um, offensive story in that, you know, you just 
every day you get up and you dust yourself off and, and you just take it, you know, take it to the man and you, and you just kick ass and take names every day. And you don't take anything for granted. Every relationship is important. Every action you take is important. You know, the way you train your mind and train your body and what the food you put into your system. I mean, everything becomes a subject of study and in, importance. And those, you know, the sum total of taking um, all those small decisions that you make every day up a notch or two has an enormous impact in the quality of your lives. That is incredible. And it's awesome. I, I love hearing that. And it, it's so well put and it matches my experience 100%. We're coming to the end of the show, and there's a question that I've asked every guest who's ever been on the show. What are your top three recommendations for someone who wants to be most powerful and high performance in all aspects of their life? So this can be everything in your life experience. It doesn't have to be seal fit. It can be if you want. Just top three things that help people kick the most ass. There is so much, but I'll, I'll pick up three which I think are, are unbelievably powerful. Uh, first is the when you wake up every day the first thing that you should do or can do I'll give you give you two things first thing and it's it's really about just just establishing this uh, essential ingredient of positive you know positive mind and positive vibration in your life to ground your day is to drink a big glass of fresh water and while you're drinking that glass of water, to close your eyes and to review everything you have to be grateful for. Now, this sounds so simple, and it, it, because it is, but you know, how often do we wake up and immediately you know, grab a cup of coffee or you know, grab your iPhone and review your email, you know, which is the worst thing you could possibly do, or you know, just launch into your day? And if we could ground every day with treating our body with that type of um, high quality action, which is to put in a nice fresh glass of water and to charge that water and to charge your mind up, you know, with gratitude, right, to ground your day. So, so hold, hold on a second. Did I just hear a, a former Navy SEAL commander say that his top way of kicking more ass is gratitude? Absolutely. Yes. Yeah, Good for you, man. I love that. <laughs> I, I, I believe that I'm, I'm helping to kind of cultivate a new breed of warriors. But yes. About the ancient warriors, right? They were the last to pick up the lamps. And they cultivated themselves, you know, whether we're talking about samurai or Apache scouts, they cultivated themselves to such a high level, you know, and that, that highest level in any tradition, whether you're talking about you know, a warrior tradition or a spiritual tradition is love and it's love yes. for yourself and it's love for your fellow man. And, and the love that teammates feel for themselves falls in this category is certainly a flavor of that. And so, you know, I think that in business, you know, especially around the road, you know, you wake up and your mind just starts firing and that monkey mind gets in the way. Um, and so you just take, kind of put that monkey mind aside and say, wait, you know, stop what you're doing. We're not ready to get going yet. Let me, you know, nourish the rest of my body, the rest of my mind first. And that grounding carries throughout the day. The second thing I would say, and, and closely related to this, is before before you take off for the day, then start to move your body. And so I've got my trainees doing a, a warrior yoga practice, you know, anywhere from five minutes to 40 minutes, depending on how much time you have, but do some sort of somatic movement. It can be Tai Chi, it can be Qigong, it can be a nice walk, 
And when you do this, you're breathing deeply and you're concentrating on, you know, a narrow range, right, of things such as your breath and the movement or, you know, you're visualizing, you know, um, something, you know, that you're working on. Um, but again, it's, it's part about, you know, start your day with a training to be better. Something that's going to improve you as a human being and it's going to improve your performance. You should start every morning with that. And again, it doesn't have to be a long period of time. If you, all you got is a few minutes, then just do a few minutes. That is extremely important. And then the last thing I'll say, and this, this probably will make sense, is um, to end your day in a similar fashion. Now, the end of the day should be kind of a look back, a review of all the positive things that happened. And so many people kind of obsess about the, you know, what they consider the failures and, and um, you know, all the shitty things that happened. Well, that's, that's not very helpful. And so we want to essentially review everything that happens, recapitulate those experiences, and, you know, journal if you need to or if you can, and just find the positive, the silver lining in everything that happened during the day. And then um, get a good night's sleep. Wow, I can't wait to hear number three. <laughs> okay, number three is to implement a breathing practice into your life. <laughs> yes. <okay? laughs> and so my breathing, the breathing practice that I teach is called, I just call it box breathing. It's a very simple four by four breath control. And it's essentially you inhale. The, I mean, we start out, I should say, with a four by four. But I, you know, I'm up to where I do, you know, when I'm doing this in a relaxed position where I hold it for 15 count or so. My yoga um, mentor holds it for 20 plus and nearly, I nearly pass out every time I do it with him. But you essentially just start out with four or five count. And so you'll exhale all the air out of your lungs and you'll inhale to a count of four, hold the breath to a count of four, exhale then to a count of four, and then hold the breath on the exhale to a count of four. And if this gets really challenging, um, you can shorten the exhale hold or eliminate the exhale hold. So it's more of a three-part breath. But the point is, you know, you're now um, – and we could do this in the morning during this morning practice I talked about. You could do it in the evening during the evening practice. You can also do it at periods throughout the day. You know, so if you're if you're at a point where you know you're you're feeling a little anxious, or even right before an important meeting, just take go somewhere where you know people aren't going to think you're you've lost your mind, and just breathe. In, in, you know, sit comfortably and just do this breathing practice. Um, Everybody who I've got doing this, you know, it's a game changer. It's, it's really extraordinary. It seems so, again, it's so simple, but it's got profound, has a profound impact on your psychology and your physiology. So those are my top three, I would say, Dave. That has to be some of the most powerful ones uh, that I, I've heard from any of the 40 or so people who've been on, on the podcast so far. And funny enough, uh, two of the three are in line with my top six biohacks. It's, it's amazing that you've come from, you know, this warrior tradition with a, a very different life and arrived at, you know, this amazing place. And I, it's actually been really educational for me to hear, you know, your take on these things and to just realize, like, I, I wouldn't have guessed that there'd be as much overlap as there is. It's, it's profound and interesting. Yeah, well, clearly you're on the right path too, Dave. And I think ultimately all roads, you know, will lead to the same place. And, you know, we all just come at it from a different angle. You know, I'm coming at it from much more of an experiential, you know, warrior tradition um, perspective where, you know, we practice what we preach and we learn through trial and error. And I think it's really exciting to see 
um, you come at it and others like you come at it from a um, using technology, leveraging technology and kind of validating through research uh, some of the same things that, you know, I've been experiencing, um, you know, through experience. It's very fair to say that, that your uh, line of tradition goes back thousands and thousands of years. The biohackers amongst us are really going out and, and basically replicating a lot of the things that we already, quote, know about human conditions and human performance. So I, right. I appreciate all the work you're doing as well. Would you tell the listeners where they can learn more about you and your work? Give us your URL. Okay, yeah, for Unbeatable Mind, which is the philosophy, it's, it's literally www.unbeatablemind.com, all one word, unbeatablemind.com. Um, the ebook that I wrote for that training program is actually now available on uh, Amazon Kindle. <clears throat> so if you just go to Amazon Kindle and search for Unbeatable Mind or Mark Divine, D-I-V-I-N-E, you'll find that and you'll really enjoy that. I, it was kind of my manual for the program. And then um, the other primary website is SealFit, S-E-A-L-F-I-T, just like you'd expect. And this is where we um, have the physical training programs, the academies, and, and that um, stuff. We also have an online coaching program for those who want to get involved in functional training, a la CrossFit, but with our brand of it. And uh, we'll kind of help them into that through an online coaching experience and customized workout programs and that type of thing. So those are the two places. And, and one last thing I'll say, you know, the Unbeatable Mind program, uh, we, we usually charge uh, $67 a month for, but if any of your members are interested in, in um, doing that, they can either send me an email, mark at sealfit.com, and I'll hook them up with a, a special rate of $47 a month, or they can just type in Unbeatable Mind slash promo, which we set up for this call, and, and uh, they can go ahead and enroll through that. And, you know, it's the type of program that anytime you want, you know, if you want to leave it, just go ahead and send us an email or call us. And I'm always available, Dave, as well, through that email if anyone has any uh, follow-up or wants to send me a note. Mark at SealFit. Mark, thanks a ton for being on the show, and I look forward to having you on again sometime. Dave, it's been terrific. I really appreciate the opportunity, and, and good luck to you and all of your uh, listeners. Human Upgrade, formerly Bulletproof Radio, was created and is hosted by Dave Asprey. The information contained in this podcast is provided for informational purposes only and is not intended for the purposes of diagnosing, treating, curing, or preventing any disease. Before using any products referenced on the podcast, consult with your healthcare provider, carefully read all labels, and heed all directions and cautions that accompany the products. Information found or received through the podcast should not be used in place of a consultation or advice from a healthcare provider. If you suspect you have a medical problem or should you have any healthcare questions, please promptly call or see your healthcare provider. This podcast, including Dave Asprey and the producers, disclaim responsibility for any possible adverse effects from the use of information contained herein. Opinions of guests are their own, and this podcast does not endorse or accept responsibility for statements made by guests. This podcast does not make any representations or warranties about guest qualifications or credibility. This podcast may contain paid endorsements and advertisements for products or services. Individuals on this podcast may have a direct or indirect financial interest in products or services referred to herein. This podcast is owned by Bulletproof Media.